0: Another fine edition of Chopped Greens. I'm your host, Philip Amrine, joined virtually, giving us a virtuoso and semi-clean-shaven. That's what I'm going to go for. You're you're scruffy at best, That's Gary. Right. Scruffy <laughs> at best. Your face isn't used to being to being freshly clean-shaven. It's not growing as fast as I think it normally would. So you're just you're. have hey. got a little. No, no, no. It's I. It, I'm not saying how you look currently. I'm just. I'm just marking that your hair on your face isn't growing as fast as your previous beard status would have uh, led us all to believe.
1: True. Yeah, I I grow facial hair very very slowly, and very very patchily. So it's it's. And you also grow it very I, uh,
0: passionately.
1: Very passionately, patchily, <laughs> and same thing with my head hair, man. I mean. You know, people average, I think, like a quarter to a half inch a month of hair growth. When I started trying to grow up my hair, I did the math. I was like, oh, that's not bad, but I'm about an eighth of an inch a month. So it's been a long, long process, and I still look essentially clean shaven. You know, this is like some, some guys look like what I look like in five hours, and that's humiliating. I'm emasculated.
0: Yeah, it's I'm I'm uh, very much in the same boat. I don't know. I I guess we all can grow a beard if we just had enough time. I suppose. I've never been a full-on beard guy. Never really had a beard. The worst I had was a a goatee that got a little bit scruffy. Um, I had the complimentary beard as well, but man, having a beard truly, truly, truly ages me, I feel. It, it really does. Where did
1: it go? <laughs> bring it back.
0: <laughs> bring it back. Never, never. The only reason why it even came out in the first place was be- for an acting gig, but
1: oh, yes, yes, okay. that was
0: the only thing that could get me to bring out the hair within my face. Anyways, uh, speaking of the hair within one's face, let's talk about something growing And it does not need to be trimmed whatsoever. Not one moment of it needs to be cut down or manicured whatsoever because we're talking about the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. I think by this point that we are talking about it, Gary... It's it's probably on its last week to maybe ten days of being free on HBO Max or HBO. Mm, I think it um, True Go I think it comes yeah.
1: off actually on um on the twenty eighth of February I think. It, oh so it we leaves. so we are
0: yeah well mm-hmm. I guess if we want to pull back the curtain. We've only got one more day, one more yeah. this today. If you're if you're listening to it, it's already been too late. Listening to this film or listening to this podcast means you have missed it. So I'm sorry for you because this this movie. Deserves to be talked about. This is the kind of movie that we do film reviews for. This film, this film, is absolutely tremendous. I don't know where to start, Gary. Where do you even want to start with Judas and the Black Messiah?
1: Ooh, let we'll give a quick rundown sure. of the premise okay. because once again, with a lot of uh, you know black movies, it's something that I'm unfamiliar with, you know, because of my uh, a- a- education. Here yeah, what a great What a as great kid point. in Arizona, man. You know, so this is the. Uh, based on the true story of Fred Hampton, who was the head, the deputy chairman of the Chicago chapter of the Black Panthers and his assassination partially at the hands of an FBI informant who was undercover. Um, that's, that's a pretty good summation, When not you Yeah, say? no,
0: well well done. You should start <clears throat> writing for IMDb or something.
1: Hey, I, I would love that. IMDb if you're listening.
0: Yeah, abso- absolutely. <laughs>
1: and um, I, I mean, I think that the first thing that comes to my mind. Well, hold on, hold is, on. Directed
0: uh, by Shaka King. Stars Ooh, yes. Daniel Kalu- exactly, Kaluuya.
1: Exactly. Am I Daniel uh, Kaluie Kaluuya, Kaluuya. Right, Kaluuya? You're right. You're right. Absolutely.
0: I, dang it! You know what? I even looked it up beforehand, and I still I'm just I'm horrible. I apologize. I'm right. horrible. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and that that rounds out just the the top characters in this one. But it's mostly it's mostly driven by Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and Jesse Plemons. Anyways, um, Jesse Plemons, of course, if you don't recognize the name. That's because you never watched Breaking Bad, and if you never watched Breaking Bad, shame on you.
1: Anyways, he's been uh, he's he's been in in other like you know Friday Night Lights or Game Night or whatever. Oh, that's but, right. Ooh, I, I'll I'll round it out actually with Dominique Fishback, who plays um, Fred Hampton's eventual wife. His muse. Uh, yes. I, um, I need to pull up the character's name. Uh, Deborah Johnson. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Th- those I would say th- the top four, and then Charlie Sheen makes a nice little semi cameo <laughs> as um, J. ed Hoover. Herbuna, just a, it's yeah. it's it's like on the level of John Lithgow as Roger Ailes. Just weird, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just disgusting. I know. But <clears throat> that that's the first thing that comes to my mind is the acting. Those two main guys. Um, I could not throw enough awards at these two men. Like holy, holy cow. Um.
0: Uh, yeah. No, you're you're right. We let's I guess let's start there. It's the strongest portion of the film, um, in a in a very strong film overall. But Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, both put on an acting clinic in this film, and they
1: and in two way different ways. Oh, you know Because Daniel Kaluuya goes, you know, method acting where he's getting down this guy's voice and mannerisms. So he's you know doing it that classical way, and Lakeith. Is it's like the psychological and the facial expressions and something just a, a little bit different. He's like off on his own plane, and I, I love them both.
0: And keep in mind, the Keith Stanfield. So we 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 open up the story show with a, a little summation of the film. The Keith Stanfield plays almost two parts within the film of of him being truthful to his character. He has to play the part. In the story of being a an undercover cop, but then he has to play the part of who the character truly is. So even within the film, he has to have multiple levels of emotion. One where he's conveying who, uh, what are normal reactions versus when he himself, as a character, is overacting because it works in that in that frame in that s- setting, versus when he has to have moments of selfishness or moments of authenticity it's 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 an incredibly varied performance and i think it is the yeah. first time first time that i've i've ever cuz Lakeith stanfield is is one of those uh, actors right now who's who's uh, hot who's getting very a lot of work and uh, a
1: lot of different types. A lot of, work, of different too. types. Lots of Lots of good stuff.
0: Yeah, and I—I'll be honest. I there was not an uh, an incredible amount that I liked about his performances. They—they they were all right to me. They were just fine. Whoa. No, no. I just I, <coughs> get out. I think was probably his biggest standout performance. And even then, for Lakeith Stanfield. I didn't necessarily there wasn't anything that I, I kept seeing him be, being over and over used in, in a lot of things, even uh, knives out. He's been in a lot of out films, but not in and knives out. he 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 doesn't really pop for me. And uh, same with get out. he he has two moments, so maybe it's just he didn't get have that much uh, screen time in order to do yeah. anything, but he certainly makes up for in spades during the filming of this film and it is it is absolutely tremendous. Daniel Kaluuya his his performance is absolutely astounding and I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go this far man. I I think he's he's not the favorite if not should be the favorite to win best actor this this upcoming Oscar and Golden Globe nomination season. So,
1: here's here's the thing though I cuz I was doing some research, I think that he's being considered for best supporting, with like the which is so funny because the movie's about him, but it's probably more about the um, like Keith Stanfield's character. Bill It's O'Neill. more about yeah, I- exactly. And so I think that he would be a shoe in for best supporting. But you could make an argument for either, I guess, because that's the first thing that happens in my mind. Because the most gripping scene in the movie, <clears throat> I think, b- belongs to him, and it's a uh, you know about his. Uh, story but yeah the emotion of the film well well which
0: scene which scene are you talking about because by the way the the, right now i think i think the the favorite right now or at least who it was for the majority of time was delroy lindo playing paul in defy bloods or even chadwick boseman it's it's going to be incredibly hard to pick between chadwick boseman and a post-mortem nomination or Delroy Lindo in Defy Bloods against right now, if if he were to go into a very crowded supporting supporting uh, supporting actor nomination field right now in the Oscars, and, and we'll we'll probably dive more into this if we have a, an Oscar-heavy uh, uh, podcast, uh, but it it would be incredibly hard for him to break through that barrier, or at least anybody who gets who who doesn't win in that in that field would be incredibly justified in feeling left out. Uh, but what scene in particular are you talking about where he gives the most powerful performance of the film? Cause I have one, but I'm curious if, if we have the same one.
1: As far as uh, Fred Hampton goes, Daniel Kaluuya, when he gets out of prison and he goes, I believe that they're at a church or yes. he basically has his first rally yes. after getting out of jail. And there's Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton being so visceral and powerful. And, you know, the camera is trained on him the whole time, but there's a difference between the camera telling you to look at somebody and the actor demanding you to look at them, right? And he just, like, soaks it all in. Um, it's it's amazing. And then, of course, there's the little side thing going on where the FBI agent is looking, staring down Lakeith Stanfield playing Bill. There's that whole dynamic. But that is Daniel Kaluuya's moment. And um, you've also got, you know, uh, Deborah, his, his muse, his wife, watching on, and he, he gives this amazing speech where he kind of gets off the rails about, you know, wanting to die for the cause, and you, your heart just starts racing, the drums in the background, the people shouting. That, to me, is the most gripping scene for Kaluuya in the film. For me, not actually the most gripping scene in the film, but probably for Kaluuya. Yeah,
0: well, I, I would argue I would argue differently, because for me, that scene, that particular scene, is tremendous. I, I would relate it to this. It, it has a couple... Meanings for me, at least, how I interpreted it. There's uh, the opening scene for *Inglorious Bastards*. Is is probably the greatest opening scene I've ever seen in a film.
1: As far as like cold open intention, and it's yeah, it's that's a story. A great, it's a story within it's itself. It's a masterclass, man. Weirdly, yeah. weirdly,
0: up in in the same in the same uh, genre as like Up. Up has a tremendous opening scene that just that will not let you go and, and tells an entire story within itself. So there's there's that. Probably the best closing scene in a film is weirdly enough Saw is in there. I would I would pro- <laughs> Yeah, I I would edge it out more so with something along the lines of there will be blood. That's a tremendous final scene and really summati- summates everything in the entire film beautifully and offers a great acting performance. That's probably where I would lean. That scene in the first rally post-jail uh, and institutionalization by Daniel Kaluuya, I think that that's the best scene within a film in in, in the middle of a film that I have ever seen in cinema. Yeah. It's tremendous. It tells multiple stories and that was the point of the film with which I knew that I wanted to watch this film again, which doesn't always happen. It usually happens towards the end of a film and it's in closing and I just say to myself, "Hmm, I want to see this. This that that scene alone made me want to rewatch the entire film yet again and press play the moment it stopped. It was it was an absolutely beautiful scene. If you, uh, this movie deserves to be watched, if nothing else, for that particular scene, I hope I'm not overselling this to anybody who has not seen it and came upon this this realization organically. It's it's inspiring. It's motivating. It's infuriating. Uh, for within the ver- uh verifying emotions that you one could possibly take away from that scene, uh, there's there's multiple underlying stories that happen. Underneath, And it's also, it's, it, it just, it's beautiful in many different ways. Even if you're just wanting to call from a technical standpoint, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'd
1: have to, I, I after this, I'll probably sit down and, and think about what you said. I think that um, it's a very valid argument. I mean, I'll say that I can't remember the last time that I watched a scene and probably a movie as a whole that made me tingle, like so much and made me feel so many emotions man i mean in that scene it raises the stakes in the movie like you said it tells a lot of different stories without really saying anything um it's it's just visceral um and i think that um you probably have a really strong argument man i i think that also i i have to shout out if we're gonna just you know go into scenes here man um the scene where uh bill lakeith stanfield talks about what he would do to a snitch because they're looking for snitches (laughs) and that's what you were talking about that that duality of it's the perfect dramatic irony and probably the hardest thing to pull off in acting in fact i think he has the hardest job in the movie more so than daniel kaluuya because he has to play off the you know triple layer of you know he's a rat but he has to be mad at the other rats and he has to be also terrified while he's saying all these things but acting really hard um so that scene is fantastic. And then the scene actually towards the end where the other informant shows him his, his badge as he drives off. You know, he's like, Are you a fed? Show me a badge. And he hands him his, his fake badge that we saw in the beginning of the movie. And then those saxophones that just blare yeah. um, every once in a while in the movie come in. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so many little moments of this movie. But yeah, the, the one that sticks out the most to me is the the scene right after he gets out of prison, for sure, for sure. The
0: one pitfall that I find in the film, uh, but uh, it's good in that if you go in knowing that you are you are more than likely going to either enjoy or be very motivated in a good way to re-watch this film over again, the one pitfall I'd, I'd fault this film is that the tension is consistently there, so it's wrapped up in a compliment, but there is there's not direct knowledge of who everyone is. And it just, it somewhat assumes that. And then, so what, until you get to a point where you're comfortable with who everybody is, their role in the story, and what possible background they might have that involves for the rest of the film, that, that makes them so pivotal to the entirety of the film, who they are in relation to one another, and what purpose they all serve. I, I think once you get to that point, the rest of the film is quite quite enjoyable. But there are a lot of uh, not creative liberties, but a lot of creative assumptions that possibly go through that it doesn't baby you. So so in, on the one hand, it's it's great, it's it's wonderful because then you come about things more organically. Your emotions are more organic. Your your whenever you come to like somebody, you're you're coming upon these feelings organically. But going through the first third of the film, while you consistently feel that tension, that knife pressed against your emotional throat, you also are left at some point at a distance because there's that level of ignorance of saying, okay, so that person is in trouble. I don't know who that person is, but they're in trouble. <laughs> so it automatically takes you out a little bit to to some degree. But again, it's wrapped up in the the... the positive positive compliment of in spite of that there's tension consistently there and it will make you once you absolutely do know who everybody is you'll want to rewatch, again just to just to mi- yeah. rediscover some of the things that you might have missed
1: yeah it's it's, it's hard because uh, it's definitely a, a wikipedia surfing movie like oh, all these yeah. ones are I, after i watch it i have to go read like the true story and this movie actually i mean you know, we don't know the intricacies of Bill and the clan or not in the, Jesus Christ, and in, in, in the Panthers. Um, but otherwise, you know, uh, the you know beats of the story are, are pretty accurate. But, yeah, it's, it's tough because you want to lean into more of the emotional and leave out some of that other stuff to be either imagined in the brain or watched again later. I think that they probably made the right choice. And I, I suppose this is as good a time as any to ask you. Like, I have one thing with the film okay. that I think maybe might be – The drawback. And let me preface this by saying that I think this is an amazing movie. One of the best ones I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, Will probably be at or near the top of my best of list whenever I make it of the last year. Um, When we get to the end, and this is no spoiler alert because you guys are listening to this after the movie, but I'll pause here. Anyways, when we get to the end, and Bill is tasked with basically – pseudo-assassinating Fred by drugging his dream. Ah,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: He, uh, understandably, breaks down, does not want to do it. And the movie, I think, does a really good job of showing Bill be trapped and scared for his own life, but I think I could have done more with the internal conflict of him being attached to Fred more, like, and attached to the Panthers more, like their cause... And his brothers and sisters and everything, I um, was not feeling that uh, because for most of the movie, to me, it seemed like he he was keeping the Panthers at a distance, and he might have made a few like minor friendships here or there, but I never felt like he was fully into mm. it because he was always looking out for his own ass, uh, like understandably so, and very much and,
0: enjoying the fruits of his labor. Yeah,
1: yeah of but his and deceit. then you know. He, he, when uh, typically, you know, in the second half of the movie, he would start to get closer to everybody emotionally. Like, like maybe he gets really close to Deborah or something, or really close to Fred himself. But really, in the second half of the movie, that's just when shit starts to hit the fan, and he has to fear for his own life. And yeah. I think that it would have been even more powerful at the end if I would have felt that he was more emotionally attached to the Panthers and Fred himself. Now, yep. they do do a great job of him in that scene that we've gabbed so much about, seeming like he's really into it, but. I, and I haven't made a final decision because I'm going to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. it, obviously. But I, that's that's how I felt. And I try to justify it. And I'm like, mm, I still think that I would have liked that. Does, does that kind of make no, sense? No, it,
0: it makes sense. Uh, the only thing that I would push back on to, to against what you're saying but at the same time acknowledging what you're saying is that they do an almost too much on-the-nose job of showing this right when he offers him a drink. When he's offering him a drink, you see the visible breakdown— and wow! Exactly, while, but
1: it doesn't make sense because there's like I'm like, why is he so broken up? Right? Yeah. Yes,
0: but I think that's it's an action in and of itself to justify it. It be it, it, it's almost like it's almost uh, it's hard to see the motivation of sometimes of why somebody might want to save another person's life. But if somebody does, and we see it in a film, and it's a it's a nine year old kid, sometimes you don't necessarily need the motivation uh, behind it to fully just understand the concept. Uh, if it's a nine-year-old kid and you you, you jump in front of them or, or push them away and, and they're standing in front of an oncoming bus or something, you don't necessarily need to see the entirety of someone's life to understand, oh, that's just an altruistic thing. Maybe, maybe even perhaps, even if he was somewhat detached, they made notes uh, by Jesse Plemons' character earlier in the film was saying are you are you with us or are you fully it seems like you're falling in love with the ideology and then the entirety of the party perhaps i think that what they're trying to do is make subtle hints there and even if it's just him very much against the idea of killing another person because we saw that inner di- struggle that inner dialogue come out even if it's just at its base level i think that that still works i think that we still see we can still see an affection for him while not all in all, falling fully in love with him and the ideals that that uh, goes against him, one uh, needing and having that necessity to kill another person.
1: Yeah, I think yeah that that's the thing too. And, and the more you think about it, I mean, he was willing to do everything, and he was like, "Look, he's in jail, man, right?" But then, once you realize that he had to help him get killed, that's you know too far for him. And I'm gonna go back and rewatch it and really be watching L- L- Keith because I think that. Um, with the, I actually woke up today and rewatched a few of the scenes and what he does like with his face, these really subtle things is really really great. So maybe it's going to be conveyed more through that, and I'll, I'll be paying a little bit more attention to it. And like I said, that's like a minor gripe, right? It's sure. Like a nine point nine out of ten. But that and 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 you're right. You know, when he hands him the drink, he's all broken up about it. But I was like, ah, oh, well, I get that he's scared to be incriminated, but I don't feel like he loved Fred enough to be like this, but that was just my initial takeaway. I, I think that you make a good point, too.
0: I th- The one last note I'll make on it is when he gives the drink, the ability to mask that that emotion I think perhaps brings out the justification of why he portrays it. The, uh, in, in when we're talking about Lakeith Stanfield, I think Having the ability to mask it so openly behind the emotion of of yeah. him going back to prison, I think led to a necessity of portraying it even more powerfully. Obviously, it's towards the end of the film. There's more finality to, to it. So I think that there were a lot of motivating and outside factors mm-hmm. that allowed him to make such a bold choice of how powerfully he chose to portray and perhaps even felt. Uh, was necessary or uh available to him to push forth that emotional performance such a strong emotional performance that that didn't feel it didn't feel wrong, it didn't feel overplayed, right? We're just saying it was it even even at where it was, wow. was it too much, or did it seem to be uh did it seem Not to be a tad like that, strong?
1: I mean, th- that moment is played off really well, but I'm really thinking about like the five scenes or ten scenes sure. prior you know i i think that um, well here let me let know, me if i was,
0: if i may let me ask you if yeah. uh, if a lot of these films have a lot that was left on the cutting room floor this film in particular feels as if it it's it's cut incredibly efficiently do you do yeah. you wonder if there's something that was a, a scene or two here or there that might have not been suitable for the movie the 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 pacing the tenor of the film that would have justified that that singular feeling that singular moment in the film that just never made it into the entirety of the scene because it just it just didn't fit it would have it would have taken away from the beauty and the brilliance of the entirety of the film had it had it been put in into what is a a beautifully crafted film
1: I don't um you know that's that's a good point but I think that they probably made a calculated what? choice I mean, it, with the what, story what, overall. What if
0: they have a, a a lunch scene where him and Fred are are just talking over lunch? That just that, ser- but see, that, that serves that serves to strengthen the relationship, but doesn't really do anything else in it the service of the story.
1: It, yeah, it feels out of place, knowing what the movie is. And truthfully, I don't think that they really miss a beat with any scenes, right? So. That's why I'm so on the fence about it. I think that they, like you said, cut it well. The pacing is great. It's at the perfect length of the movie. It's also, if you're a writer, like pay attention to the minute marks. It, I mean, with the, the act breaks and the midpoint, it's like some, some master class writing stuff right there. Um no I I you know I think that it really maybe hinges on just his his performance in that moment and it's it's very layered and the more I think about it the more I'm like shoot if I was serving a guy a drink that I knew was going to you know lead to his death I'd probably be <laughs> acting like that too Yeah even if you don't you know? even
0: if you don't have an over the top you know brotherhood or or a, a I think true that maybe long love may... for somebody, there could even just be yeah. a justification of not wanting to kill another person because he he led he his actions led to the deaths of a lot of people. But if you watch at least the film, I'm not sure what else might have been cut, what what creative liberties were taken. But it seemed yeah. very much that he was uncomfortable while he dealt even in security and defense of the entirety of the of the building and the program. He never it was never shown that he really he pulled the trigger on anything he never exactly so so this was the first time that he himself was motivated and put forth into that even the crime that he committed that led to everything was very much a a blue-collar crime where he just posed as a cop and uh, yeah yeah and stole a car (laughs) at worst held somebody up at gunpoint but didn't even offer i think real probably fake gun yeah Yeah. fake gunpoint whatever the last thing i want to point out before we get to to your last point here gary I think this was the first film for myself that I had ever seen information on the Black Panther Party that never truly posed them as a threat. Yes, they were armed, but this was the first film to add nuance to that for me. Even in even in probably the most recent positive portrayal of the Black Party, uh, Black Panther Party, excuse me. Uh, the trial of the the Chicago 7, even in that, there was still a solidarity and a strength portrayed forth from that sect, from that party. So this was very interesting to me to see the social programs of the Black Panthers. I never saw that. I think probably the only one in history that I I myself have seen, and I, I, I fully and freely admit that there are probably are a lot of good great documentaries uh great films on them that i just have not seen uh but the only one that comes to mind really that that i've seen in 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 their pop in,
1: as far as it goes to popular cinema is probably forrest gump and that's i was just gonna say literally the only thing i know is probably the paragraph in school and then sorry i ruined your black panther party. yeah that's and that's that's about that's it that's the, as far all as I, I know that's as far as i go
0: personally so I, I really really enjoyed seeing the social programs that they that they had the the ability to feed kids and at least for for what the for what the film posed how much uh, that specific aspect of of their uh, of their entire party's mantra was and how far forward that was to the agenda it, it was It was really interesting to see that social aspect of the party being put at the forefront and add some nuance to a very one-sided definition uh, of a party within history.
1: Yeah, I th- that was great for me to, you know, learn about too. I mean, their their kind of social political like alignments with Maoism was interesting and I did not know about the Rainbow Coalition or any of those no. social programs. All all true stuff that happened and yeah, I looked it up. He was Gary, arrested. Gary, tell me tell me an instance um, where you didn't think that the Black Pan- Panther Party was like the most aggressive
0: party America's ever hosted outside of it, it was it was like the the black like the, version
1: of the KKK just some degree. Yeah, That's what I had I had been led to believe. That's what they they told us, right? And you know they were armed mainly to protect communities from you know racist uh, law enforcement, right? And so that was um, it was it was really cool to learn about. And then of course I, I read about it a bunch. You know he was arrested for stealing seventy bucks worth of ice cream and handing it out on the street to kids. That's what in real life he was arrested for, man. So it's just um, yeah, it was it, it was really cool to learn about that and, and read about it, man. And and the work that his son and his wife, who's still alive, still does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me before I wrap up I have to shout out like you know Shaka King and the um, cinematographer here um, Sean Bobbitt uh, the movie looks great I mean technically it's got this noir vibe that is fantastic it's really really well made I mean we can gab about the acting. All day, but the, the movie is also a delight to look at. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's shot amazingly. I mean, it, there's so many screen grabs that, that you could post. Music is fantastic. Um, also, I, I will have to re shout out Lakeith because I, you know, no one will believe me, but like when he first came on the scene in Atlanta, um, Donald Glover's show, I was like, this guy is like my favorite. I, I've loved him. Yeah, because that's, that's of a show Atlanta. that I missed. Yeah. yeah, you got to check that out. Um, Sorry to Bother You is great. Uh,
0: now, that's a film that we would probably be divisive in. I I did not enjoy that film, but continue. But
1: he, he in that movie, is, he's just, to me, he's just really so interesting to watch, even in Knives Out, because he's just playing a different type of guy. He is a, he is a unique he's character
0: like, actor, I'd say. He,
1: he does a lot of weird stuff, man, and I love it. He was in this movie called Short Term 12, which is great, and I'm just like – uh, he, I don't think he's the best actor, but I think he's one of the most interesting dudes to watch, you know? So, I I mean, honestly, best movie I've seen in quite a while. Agreed. And I have one gripe, not even really gripe, that I went one into. One more, yeah. Um,
0: oh, oh yeah. sorry, that one, yeah. Just no, one. yeah,
1: no, That's that was it. And it warrants a lot of rewatches, man. I'm already like, ah, oh, I'm going to watch this movie again. It's going to be dope. Yeah.
0: All right, well... I think unless there, if that if that was it for you, I'm going to go into our ratings of this. Now, Gary, this is probably going to be my highest-rated film of the year. We we still have some, we still have some contenders for best Oscar that are very ballyhooed, very much. Uh, up and around the Oscar nomination process. I know for us True. in the coming weeks, whether it's the next film or the film after,
1: we're f- going to be watching a lot of Oscar. We're going to be watching
0: too. a lot of Oscar oh, yeah. movies, primarily *Nomadland*, which I've heard I've heard tremendous things about. That's supposed to be excellent a a disservice if you don't watch the film i really don't know i i i whenever it comes to these types of movies i know that i'm gonna watch it so i try to keep away from any and all trailers information everything that i can Uh,
1: watch it be terrible i know i (laughs) watch us hate
0: it i know i I, I really don't know but uh anyways uh, for as far as i've seen and as as much down the list of the Oscar nominations we uh, we have seen, I've, I think I've seen I've seen this in *Defy Bloods*. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but this is by far, by far, Gary, my best film of the year. This it, it's absolutely beautiful. Hosts two incredibly uh, powerful performances, and the story is tremendous offers, a, a, one, a, I would argue, a, a historical movie scene. I, there, I There's nothing to not love about this film. Five out of five thumbs, five out of five um, breakfasts served to needy kids in the neighborhood. I don't know what whatever moniker you want to put to this. It, I'm trying to be as respectful as I can to this film. Absolutely, five out of five. I don't know how any movie could top this for me, at least this year.
1: Yeah, um, I yeah, it's a five out of five. Like I, I'm not gonna take any points away whatsoever. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything that I saw that was better. I don't think that I have. Honestly, um, it's it's not only gonna be I think remembered as one of the best movies of the year, but as we get to 2030, it'll be like one of the best movies of the decade. You know, because Absolutely. we're obviously we're still in a historical moment right now when it comes to oh, it's
0: very you know, representative of the s- times. Yeah. So-
1: which is it's nice because it's representative, but it's not like, oh, you know, it, screaming and oh, derivative. Oh no no it, no no! no. It's know? a
0: ti- it, it is a timeless film that will age well. It's not. It's not going to be dated, by by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. But, it's it's gonna. Um. It's probably, off the top of my head, my my. Favorite I was going to say. Right so now. this
0: ranks as your top as well thus far from what you've seen of the of the nominations. Yeah. I think we we've seen uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, I
1: have not seen that one yet. I'm going to have to watch okay. it. I, you know, I really liked White Tiger, and it'll probably get nominated. White t- um, but I, I liked this you know, far better than the White Tiger. But the White Tiger was good.
0: White Tiger was good, but this is this is in its own class, my, my friend.
1: White Tiger is like an oscar movie.
0: Yeah, White know? Tiger. I mean, again, White Tiger might even win Best Foreign Film. And, and, and in all rights, thus far, from what I've seen, it should.
1: Get rid of that category. Uh, wow, that's an interesting take. Uh I mean that? Parasite won Best Picture last year at that point. I mean I, I would just expand the field hmm. and because a lot of times the best foreign film could probably very well be nominated for if not win every once in a I, while best picture, right?
0: I, I suppose uh th- wow that's that's a discussion for another day. I, I think I would I think I would disagree with you um somewhat passionately about that actually now that I think about it. Yeah. All right. Uh but five out of fives from both of us both of our highest rated movies, and this is coming from, I'm probably the more staunch reviewer of us both, and I, I, cannot, yeah. I cannot recommend this movie enough. I'd hope that by the time you watch this film, or by the time you heard this podcast, you've watched the film already. If you haven't, please, please, please go watch this film. It's worth the free 30-day trial of HBO Max, if nothing else. HBO... Don't
1: pirate the movie. If you have to rent it, pay three bucks and rent it. These people did so good. And if
0: you don't care about masks, go watch... Go watch it in films right now or in theaters. It's in theaters currently in order to fulfill its quota, I, I guess. I think. I really don't know. Go rent it. It's an absolutely gorgeous film in every aspect of the way. Uh, wow. For Gary Boucher. I'm Philip Ryan. Thank you so much. A badge is scarier than the gun.